Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. And today happens to be Wednesday, July 17th, 2019. Uh, this is episode 123, 123. 123 episodes. Can you believe it? You have made it. Do you feel accomplished? I know I feel accomplished. I feel a little disappointed in my last episode. Um, I was on such a, a vacation mode that I didn't record much. I think I had maybe a 13-minute episode. And uh, that's not like me. I mean, even when I've been, been at a lack of things to talk about, I can still generate like a half an hour. But I was on such vacation mode, my brain was just like, bah. You ever get like that? You ever have a moment where your brain just kind of takes a vacation? I made a comment to my wife when we got home. I uh, I think we had gotten home and, and put everything up, and, and I'd gotten a shower, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, wow, my eyes are white. She was like, yeah. I said, no, no, no. Look. And like all of the, the white stuff that normal people have in their eyes, mine are usually red. They're usually red all the time. I mean... I chalk a lot of it up to exhaustion and a lot of it up to uh, stress um, and a lot of it up to debris getting in my eyes from doing various things around the house. But I noticed that my eyes were white, I mean, really bright. And it was like, whoa. I said, you know, I asked her, I said, do you think this is what rested eyes are supposed to look like? And she's like, yeah, I guess so. So I was really thankful to have some time to rest and to reload and refocus. Um, it is hard to get back into the swing of things, like coming home. I was a little nervous about my week, but also a little excited. I had uh, an opportunity to have ju- uh, jury duty. Now, a lot of people hear the words jury duty, and they're like, oh, my God, I hate jury duty. Uh. I was looking forward to it. See, unlike a lot of people, I am bought in. I am into our system. Our, I am into our judiciary system. Even though it is flawed and even though our whole system is flawed, I like to be a part of it. I like to have a voice in it. I like to think that I am contributing. Because otherwise, I mean, what, what is the alternative? That you're sitting on the sidelines and you're not participating? That you're not part of the change? That you're not part of a voice of what gets said or done or, or you know, whatever? If you look at your two options of being involved and having a voice and having a say versus not, I'd much rather be in the system that allows me to to be a part of it, to participate. And here was my chance. So I didn't know what to expect. <clears throat> they mail you a little thing in the mail. It says, be here at this date, at this time. Uh, here's the address. And... Uh, you know, don't wear any shorts or tank tops. Have your shirt tail tucked in. Doesn't say anything about shoes, which is weird because I thought, okay, do you have people show up with flip-flops or do you have people show up with cowboy boots? And will they stop you if you're in there in flip-flops? Because, I mean, we are here in the south in July and the temperatures are right around 100 degrees, just standard right now. I mean, it is depressingly hot outside. And the one thing I know about myself is I don't do well in crowded areas. Whenever there's a lot of people around, <clears throat> I typically get warmer than the average person. If I'm sitting still, like let's say if we got a plane trip, okay, 
a plane trip in the winter. I would much rather fly wearing shorts and carry a sweatshirt and take the sweatshirt off on the plane than not, because I'm not going to be cold on the plane. If I'm sitting next to somebody, I'm going to generate a lot of heat and I'm going to get overheated if I wear pants and all that other stuff and, and, and try to assimilate like all the other people. I can't, I just can't do that. Um, or I'll wear jeans and flip-flops because then I got an open air to my feet. Then it helps me kind of cool down. But whatever I put on has to be layered so that I can take a layer off and cool down. Now, going into the courtroom, I have no idea if it's extra cold in there or if it's not. But I decided to go in wearing some slacks that were breathable, very, very light covering, um, some tennis shoes and a t-shirt that I tugged in. Because I thought, you know, I could wear a button-up shirt, but who am I fooling? I mean, are they going to pick me because I have a different shirt on? Who knows? But I don't care. Because <clears throat> at the end of the day, i got to sit there and be comfortable. And if they choose to pick me because I wear a t-shirt, then so be it. If they don't because of it, so be it. So I went in, and I guess there was close to 200 people there. And they go alphabetically because they, you know, they, I guess they have to figure out a system. Um... I was number 151, so they start calling out names, and they say, hey, when we call your name, please stand up, state your name, your occupation, and what your spouse does for a living. So we're going through the list, and, you know, it takes a while to get to me, and when they finally get to me, I stand up, and I say my little business, and I sit down, and that's it. And then I sat there, and I listened, and I listened, and I listened. And <clears throat> the judge... I'm on one corner of this room. Now, granted, half the room is split so that the jury or the jury selection people are in it. And half the room is split for, it looks like two different judge setups. Like one's in one half of the room and one's in the other half of the room. And he's on the opposite end of the room. And there's a pillar between me and him. I can't see him. I can hear him. I just can't see him. And he's saying stuff about, you know, we, we had uh, 20 cases, 18 of them settled out. Uh, so now we only have two cases. Uh, one's going to be on Wednesday and one's going to be on Thursday. And I'm like, okay, cool. What does that mean for me? Like, you know, I still don't know like my position. I don't know what's going to happen. And he goes through the process and he says, all right, so we're going to, we're going to, you know, if we call your name, stand up and we'll tell you whether to sit back down or to come up here. And they go through the list and they start calling names. And eventually they get six people up there and they go, okay, you're going to be on the the first jury for the first case, and it's a DUI case, and, you know, blah, 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 and be here at this time. My um, my computer just froze and said disk full. I don't know what that means. The disk is not full. This is a problem with GarageBand. Once in a while, it acts up. You're recording in it, and all of a sudden, it gives you an error notice. And you're like, whoa, when did that happen? Um, anyway. So they go through and they, they select the next six and they tell them, okay, you know, here's your thing. During the selection of the next six, they actually call out a guy that I work with. I didn't realize that he was in there too. Um, but he works third shift and I was thinking, God, if you get picked for a for a Thursday, does that mean you're having to flip-flop your sleep between working third shift for Tuesday night or maybe even tonight possibly? Tonight, Tuesday night, sleep, and then sort of flip-flop your sleep to come in for jury on Thursday. That would be just be rough. But, you know, luckily we work for a big company that um, told us that if we bring in our little jury selection doohickey, they pay us for the day 
kind of like a day off. Um, you know, the actual jury only pays you 10 bucks for your appearance there. So some companies will pay you the difference. Some people will pay you just for a day off. Some people don't pay at all. They're just like, yeah, it sucks to be you. <laughs> but luckily I work with a company that, that will compensate you for that. So that was good. Um, and I, you know, yeah, I wanted to be selected so that I could serve and do my do my duty as my civic responsibility. You're talking to a guy who served in the Marine Corps, okay? So this is kind of right up my alley. But I didn't get picked. So I was in and out of there in like an hour and a half. And I was like, all right, now what? So I called my wife and I said, hey, I'm on the way home. Um, I haven't talked about this much, but... Um, I have mentioned that we're kind of going through some stuff here and my wife hasn't really given me the green light on this yet, but I will say in vagueness, uh, my wife worked for a company and they laid her off. They're going through some changes and they, they laid her and a few other people off in this region that do a similar kind of job. So we're in the job hunt for her. Uh, she's in sales, outside sales for a freight company. Um, so you know, we're in a position of, of trying to uh, figure that out. <clears throat> anyway, she was home. I said, hey, you know, they, they cut me loose. I'm on the way home. She's like, cool. On your way home, do you mind stopping by the farmer's market and getting some cucumbers and tomatoes? We're going to have a, a salad later. I was like, yeah, that'd be great. So I stopped by and got some of that stuff on the way home. And as I'm pulling up in the driveway, we've been gone for, you know, uh, close to a week on vacation. I come home and my grass is really tall because apparently we've got some rain here and the grass is looking aggressive. And I was like, crap, I need to go out here and cut this grass. I don't really want to cut it now, but I mean, if I do, then at least I'm doing some work today and I won't feel like I'm useless. <laughs> so I, I come in, I you know put the stuff down, be like, hey, I'm going to cut the grass. She's like, all right, cool. I'm, I got this going on. So... um I put on, I got this big, you know, giant hat that covers my head so that I don't get sunburned and uh, went out there and cranked the lawnmower and cut the grass real quick and uh, got out of the heat as quickly as possible. I was out of gas though. Like I noticed that as I was finishing up my job, um, I had looked in there before I started and I had like, eh, maybe like two inches of gas in the thing. I don't have a big yard, so I knew it was enough to cut my grass, but I knew it was going to be really empty by the time I got done and... My gas can that I keep on the side was completely empty. So when I finished, I was like, listen, I'm going to go get some gas in this gas can. That way, next time I go to cut grass, I'm not I'm not scurrying, trying to run up there and do it. Uh, we'll have it here. Plus, I can go ahead and fill it up and crank it again and make sure that the new gas is flowing through the system. And so there's no vapor lock or, or lack of gas to the to the system. And she's like, all right, that's cool. So I run and did that and come home, filled up the gas tank and everything and I was like, man, it, you know, it's not like terribly hot out here, even though it's close to a hundred degrees, there is a little bit of a breeze going. And if I sit in my garage, it's, it's pretty comfortable. So I opened up the door and I got in there and started messing around with some wood. I got some cedar wood from my wife's dad. Uh, we had gone to visit him down in uh, South Georgia and he had some that was milled. Um, he used to have a portable sawmill and he had milled some in these long pieces. Well, I got several eight foot pieces um, that I started messing around with. And before I knew it, I was building a couch. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you can see pictures of it. It's under J T A T P E E K. 
Uh, just click on there. You'll see pictures of it, and I'm kind of posting as I go uh, building this thing. But I got there and started messing around with that, and before I knew it, I'd spent most of the day in the garage. I mean, I uh, I had to call work to find out what I was doing for Tuesday, and, uh, you know, I spent quite a bit of time out there messing around with that, and, and by the time I got done, I had it somewhat framed up. I still have to do a support for the legs uh, on the sides, and I am filling in some holes. I have some holes where I guess... After he milled it, it sat on the ground for a while and, and looks like carpenter, um, either carpenter beetles or, or carpenter bees or whatever they're called, uh, has kind of rooted around um, some holes in it. And, you know, you always hear about cedar being bug repellent, and I don't know what bugs it's supposed to repel. Maybe that's just uh, moths and flies and stuff like that. I don't know if it repels mosquitoes or not, but... I do know that while I'm working with this stuff in the garage, not a mosquito has touched me. So maybe it repels mosquitoes too, which is really awesome. Uh, anyway, I've been filling these holes with some Durham's uh, water putty. I got some black epoxy, the the like a like a liquid I've been sprinkling in there to kind of darken it up. Because I figure once I fill the holes and sand it and get it smoothed, and um, I don't want that bright yellowish kind of look to it. It kind of looks like my wall, kind of this color. Um, I don't want that color on the wood. I kind of want it to be a little darker. So anyway, uh, I filled those holes as much as I could. I ran out of a huge tub of it. I had a tub of Durham's. I don't even know how many pounds it was, but all of it's gone. I used all of it. I also worked on the back uh, door. I have a door frame that had uh, some water damage towards the bottom where rain has just beat it to death over the last uh, however many years we've been living in this house. 12 years or so. Um, so I had chiseled away that wood and built that up with Durham's and sanded it and got it smooth. And it looks pretty good. It looks, looks pretty much like normal now, but I still have to do another coat and sand it again to get the right angles. Um, and then I want to paint it. Now I've put something up above it to kind of divert water because I don't want water to get on it before I paint it. And, um, and so that's, you know, that's going on too. So anyway, that stuff I've done, because Tuesday was back to work, back to the grind, back to a 14-hour day. Let's talk about stuff I heard, because that is what the podcast is called, right? Stuff I heard. So anyway, sort of in the same realm, but not really. Um, let's talk about stuff I've heard, but I kind of watched it on YouTube. Uh, there is a podcast called Two Bears, One Cave, the number two bears, and the number one cave. It's Tom Segura and Bert Kreischer. They're buddies. Episode two came out um, on Monday, and it's really hilarious. I enjoyed watching them on on the uh, YouTube. I like watching them more than listening to them, even though listening to them is fun. But I like watching them because of their facial expressions. It's hilarious to look at. And every once in a while, they they have an assistant who's like a, a a production engineer. They'll talk about a subject and they'll bring up a picture of it on the screen. You know, and you get to see what they're looking at as kind of a reference. So that's kind of cool. Um, so anyway, I, I listened to that. That was really good. Uh, I also, while I was cutting grass, I ran through um, the Burtcast episode 351. It was recorded on July 9th with Ian Edwards. Ian Edwards is a comedian who he's uh, British and Jamaican. And I saw him perform opening up for Joe Rogan in Atlanta 
um, maybe two years ago. And he's one of those comedians who writes on a lot of shows. He talks about writing for Blackish, um, for uh, Crashing, for, God, he mentioned a bunch of shows that he wrote on, and I can't remember them all. Um, but he's a comedian's comedian. Like other comedians all talk about, how, you know, how brilliant this guy is. And when I saw him open for Joe, I guess he was getting back into the swing of doing stand-up because he had been writing so much. He hadn't done much live performance. But Joe's a huge fan. And if listen, if Joe's a fan, I'm a fan because he's usually got his finger on the pulse of what's funny. Um, and, he, and this is a good interview. This is a very interesting interview. And they have fun together. They talk about being New York comics together and kind of coming up around the same time. And, and Ian has been in the game a lot longer than Bert. And Bert talks about like listening into conversations that they'd had, even though he wasn't in it. Like he's like, yeah, I was, he said, I don't want to be creepy, but I was kind of eavesdropping in, on your conversation. And I heard this, you know, this discussion. So anyway, uh, it's good. It's a good interview. Um, check out Ian Edwards. You're going to like it. Uh, today, Bert did a podcast that just published uh, episode 352 with Daniel Sloss. Uh, Daniel Sloss is, I want to say he's uh, he's some kind of European. I don't know if it's British, maybe maybe Scottish or Irish. Anyway, um, interesting guy. I've heard him on the podcast before. He's a very interesting fellow. I just started the podcast. It's like a two-hour podcast, so um, I don't know anything about that to talk about just yet. Um, but it's a... It, I know it's going to be good. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. I listened to Dr. Drew After Dark with Jamie Kennedy. Episode 21 came out July 5th. Um, that's a pretty good interview. Pretty quick. Um, the Dr. Drew After Dark thing is turning weird. Um, I liked it in the beginning a lot more than I like it now because he's one of those guys that just keeps going back to the well over and over again with a certain individual who wrote in or called in whatever, a video that they shared, and they have a tendency to talk about this guy on every episode. And they've sort of made a celebrity out of a guy who didn't want to be a celebrity. Uh, but that guess that's kind of the... It's sort of the side effect to having a online presence and an online profile. You're putting it out there in the public. So once you do that, like, you're open game. I guess it's kind of the mentality. Um, but this guy, is, there's there's something going on with this guy, and, you know, he's got some disturbing things he says. And Anyway, they've turned it into the first half of the show is interviewing the person. The second half of the show is let's talk about all this creepy stuff that people call in right in about. I like I like the vagueness of the different calls and the different letters um, that people write or the videos people send in where they ask Dr. Drew advice. It's kind of like Loveline. Reminds me a lot of that, but there's a lot of disturbing nature of it where, um, like I said, they keep going back to this one guy, and I was like, you know, let's, let's move on from that. Like, let's... That was fine and all, but he's like... He's not a participant in your show, and the fact that you bring him up in over 20 episodes... It's kind of a, you know, let's move on kind of deal. You know what I mean? But hey, it's Dr. Drew's show. He can do whatever he wants. I, I just, I would like to see them do something a little different with that. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about some stuff I've watched. 
because I got the opportunity to watch some movies recently. Um, my wife, we were up one night looking at, at movies and stuff, and I, and I want her to watch the animated movie, uh, The Spider-Verse. It's on Netflix. It's sort of the um, in-between Spider-Man movie that they came out with. See, here's the thing. My wife tells me about podcasts she listens to, and one of them is about Marvel characters and about Disney and about, you know, this guy comes in, he's a Marvel expert, and he talks about how Sony has the contract to Spider-Man. As long as they put out a movie every two years, they can keep the contract. So if they're in between movies, they kind of, you know, are are looking to, to fill the void with something. So that's why you have Venom. That's why you have the Spider-Verse. Um... But that's why you had Tobey Maguire play Spider-Man in three movies, and then you had some other dude play it in two movies, which I didn't watch either one of those. I started to watch them, and I was like, this guy's not Spider-Man. Um, and then they've come out with the the younger guy, uh, Tom something or other, Middleton, I think is his name. <clears throat> He's the guy that I've seen in the Avengers movies play Spider-Man. Now, I haven't seen any of those either. Like, I just haven't. I just... He's not on my radar of, of oh, I got to watch another reiteration of Spider-Man. But now I do know from watching cartoons as a child that Spider-Man would often come out with different storylines. And someone explained to me that, yeah, yeah, different houses wrote for Spider-Man. Like Marvel wrote for them and DC wrote for them. And they had different Spider-Verses. You know, in one version, he's bitten by a spider and given all these powers in one version, he's bitten by a spider and he has like an awareness, but he's really smart and he creates these tools to use. And, you know, in one version, he gets, you know, some kind of element where he has a suit on that allows him to do things. Um, so I don't know. It's it's all different versions or whatever. But I watched this movie, this cartoon with my brother when I went to go visit him at his house. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought the story was great. And I thought the the the, the show moved well. Um, it wasn't all for me, um, but it was done in a way that you sort of think about Spider Man in a different way, and you'd never lose sight of the fact that he's the good guy and that Kingpin is the bad guy, and that. Uh, even though Kingpin's the bad guy, he's ultimately trying to do something for the right reason, or so he thinks, if that makes any sense. I still think Kingpin is one of the best bad guys in any storyline of any comic uh, out there. But anywho, you know, Kingpin, Thanos, there's a lot of them, but, but you know, Kingpin is, is in my version, in, in my example, one of the best bad guys uh, out there. Um... Anyway, so I wanted my wife to watch it. She kept bringing up this other movie called The Book Club. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to watch The Book Club. So then I am home one day while she's at the gym, I guess. And I'm looking at movies that are out there. And I was like, what is The Book Club? And I come across it and it's on like one of the little scroll things of new movies. I click on it to see the, the trailer or whatever. And it looks hilarious. It's uh, some older ladies who um, their kids are grown and they, some of them are divorced. One of them was never married. Uh, one of them is married, but 
they have sort of lost the spark in their life that makes them feel fulfilled. And they meet up once a month to do book club. And they assign a new book and they read the book and they talk about the book and that kind of stuff. Well, one of them decides, hey, we're going to start reading Fifty Shades of Grey. And there's mixed reactions in the beginning of what it's going to be about and what to expect and stuff like that. But they go into it and they talk about it. And the the movie kind of goes from there. And they end up reading all three books. And it's interesting to see how their lives change through the course of the movie. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, there's nothing vulgar in it. I mean, it's it's done well. And it's actresses that you know right off the bat. Um, Candace Bergen, uh, Mary, Mary Streamberger, is that her name? The, I can't think of her name. Um, and Jane Fonda. And Diane Keaton. So <clears throat> it's good. It's a good movie. Um, easy to watch. A lot of fun. At the end of it, you sort of realize that, oh, yeah, people are meant to change. And sometimes you get stuck in a rut. And sometimes it's hard to move past it. But it's good to have friends along the way that you can talk to about anything. That's what I got from it. So kudos to my wife for recommending it. I enjoyed it. Um, I watched a movie last night called Burnt with, um, what's his name? Bradley Cooper. It came out in 2015. It's about a chef who's supposed to be one of the top chefs in the world who uh, sort of went down a dark path in his life with drugs and alcohol and eventually got cleaned up and is trying to come back, trying to make a comeback as as a as a top chef in London. And it's an interesting movie in the fact that you get to see you get to see him in a different way. Like you can tell he enjoys making movies and you can tell that this was something this is a story that that really captured him in some way. And I'm sure he had to learn French. I'm sure that he had to learn how to actually cook to do the show. Not just cook, but cook well. And beyond what you see on screen, I'm more interested in what he did behind the behind the scenes to get to that point, to make that character. It's really done well. It's a good story. Um, it goes easily. It's, it's good. It's good. I'll give my recommendation. Let's see. What else? God, that was another movie I watched. What was it? I like to talk about this kind of stuff because then it gives you guys ideas in case you're interested in watching something. You're just like, oh, what's new? What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. <clears throat> I wish there was a thing on Netflix where you could go, you just watched this. Because then I could go back to it and go, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was really good. Entertain yourselves while I'm looking at this, because I'm I'm looking I'm looking on my app to see what is on here. I just noticed that they put the new Mary Poppins on Netflix, the uh, Mary Poppins Returns. I want to see that. It looks good. I don't think it did great at the theater, but you know the way things go with that kind of stuff is if there's if there's stuff out there competing for space, sometimes you just lose out. I mean, you know. Not everything you put out there is a hit right away. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I don't see it. 
I watched something else that was really good. I can't think of what it is now. I'll think of it next time, and you guys will be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Duh. <clears throat> I've started watching uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. I went back and started watching them from, like, way back. Um, I think I had started watching them with people that I was interested in, and then I realized I liked the show, and I liked how easy it was to watch, and you don't have to put a lot of thought into it. You can just kind of have it on. Um, but <clears throat> now I've gone back to the very beginning, and I'm watching some of the first episodes all over. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, I'll find it, and I'll talk about it next time. Because it was good. Apparently it wasn't memorable, though, because otherwise I'd remember it. <laughs> Go figure, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, hope everybody's doing well. Appreciate you guys hanging in there with me. Again, sorry about last week. Um, sometimes, uh, sometimes life gets, gets the better of you and you just, uh, you just sort of get off the rat race long enough that you forget you're a rat. Does that make sense? Anywho, y'all take care. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on the YouTube uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Uh, be a part of this. If you want to be a part of this, if you've been on here before and you want to do it again, let me know. I've got some free time. Okay? Y'all take care. Oh, and cue the cow. Moo. Moo. <laughs>